Hey guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. So today we've got Jake Matthews. Now Jake is a UFC fighter in the world weight division, 25 years old, father, he's appeared on the Ultimate Fighter back in 2013, made his UFC debut in 2014. So welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast, Jake. No worries, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Not a drama. So Jake, can you let the audience um, know a little bit about you, where, where you're currently you know, living or where you're from, and um, also how many kids you've got? Yeah, so based in, uh, based in Melbourne, I've always lived here my whole life, um, always trained here my whole life. You know, I, never, I was never one to take off and go train in the States. I always wanted to be a purebred sort of Australian fighter and, and yep. you know, staying in Australia and doing it all here is what I thought um, that is. So that's what I did. It's, it's worked out well um, up till now, I think. So... And uh, yeah, so we've just had our first daughter um, started this year. So we're yep. celebrating her, birth- her first birthday this weekend, actually. Oh, so fantastic. looking forward to that. Yeah. And I've also yeah. got a, a 12-year-old uh, stepson as well. Oh, nice, mate. Well, happy birthday to your daughter for this weekend. No, nah, thank you. And mate, you mentioned then about um, living and training in Australia. Is that something as your career progresses uh, with the UFC that you can maintain the whole time or is it something that you're going to have to sort of pick up and leave um, eventually as your, you know, status and as your you know, career progresses to that next level? Uh, no, it's something I can maintain for sure. It was a lot harder in the earlier days. You know, it was myself and, uh, and Daniel Kelly and uh, we were the only two UFC fighters from Melbourne. Yep. Um, and it was literally just me and him sparring. Sometimes we get the odd, you know, other local guy coming and help us out. But pretty much for our first four or five fights, it was just us. But uh, Dan's done a really good job um, at Resilience Training Center and building it up. So now we've got myself, Jimmy Crute, Callum Potter, uh, Ben Sassoli, and Daniel Kelly. So that's you know four UFC fighters, one one ex UFC fighter, yeah, and um and as well as probably fifteen to twenty really. Well, I say local, but they're really, these guys are really really good. Um, so that's our sparring sessions now. So it's 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 progressed and come a long way. Um. So it's something that we can maintain, and, and I feel like a bit of a pioneer in, in building that up. Um, you know, if all our best fighters take over, take off overseas, and we're, we're never going to get to that point where we can, uh, you know, compete against those super gyms in America. Yeah, right. And does that help with the whole? I guess out of the spotlight as much. You haven't got the paparazzi. You haven't got the the fans. You know, as, as you know, much as what it would be over in the United States. You know, following you around and watching every move. You can sort of keep to yourself and just concentrate on training and that back here. Yeah, we actually um, still get a fair bit of that over here, but the Aussie fans are a bit different. They're just they're a lot better. I think they know to not so much leave you alone, but they just you know they're not so much hassling with photos. They just say g'day, you know, um, might have a quick chat here and just leave it at that. Um, but it's not at the level it is in the states, and it, it does you know in America you've got people waiting in the lobby of the hotels fight week, you know, five six a.m. on weigh-in day trying to get photos with you when you're looking like. Yeah, you're right. going all drained and looking like hell, and yeah, so that's um, you know you get a couple of those in you know in the Australian cards as well, but um, America is a different level. I think Aussie's just a bit more, just a bit more common common decency in terms of you know understanding what we're going through and just sort of leaving us alone. So I don't mind having a little chat with, with anyone, and it takes away that that fandom. You know, they, they don't seem so much as a fan; it's just someone saying good day. Yeah, um, and that's what I like. It's it's weird to me for people to come up and. And you know, fanboy and trying to get photos with me. <laughs> to me, I'm just I'm just like good old good old Jakey. So um, I prefer when people just come up and say say hello. 
Yeah, perfect, mate. And you just said your daughter's uh, first birthday uh, this weekend coming up. How is how have you managed, you know, fatherhood and you know, living a life of a professional athlete? Um, pretty well. I mean, it's just it's. I've always been a really family orientated person. Um, when I was younger, it was never going out clubbing or, you know, doing too much with my mates. It was more going away camping with you know family and. Um, you know, water skiing with the family. So for me, it just, she just fits right in. Um, you know, my, my, my missus works full-time as well. So when the days that she's not able to get looked after, I'll take her to training with me. You know, so I'll have two training sessions and traveling between training sessions. And uh, she, she, was, she was a really good baby. She just chills, plays in her own little area and um, doesn't give me any grief. So I'm really, really lucky to have a baby that's well-behaved as her. Um, and everything from sleep to, to eating, she's just she's just perfect. So I was really 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 blessed to have a, a you know a daughter like that. Um, obviously, you know, not all, not all babies are like that. The next one might not be, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, right. And is that something that um, you have to have a strict sort of time management sort of schedule between you and your wife to you know obviously fit in with her full time work and your training load and obviously the needs of um, your daughter as well. Uh, yeah, we've got it. We've got it organised, and you know, obviously next year she'll be, you know, over twelve months old. So we'll probably get her into some childcare as well, just to just to make it a little bit easier, especially coming up closer to the fights. Yep. But um, you know, we've we've got we've got a, a schedule in place. Pretty much, I'll take her to training, do my training throughout the day, and my, my you know, my missus will get home and and she'll take over, and I'll go and either do another training session or take some classes because I still coach every now and then. Yep. Um, so we've got a pretty good schedule, and it and it works. Yeah, nice, mate. And what does your – you've got a fight coming up. Is it February in New Zealand? Yeah, Feb 22nd. Yep. And what does your typical training week look like now compared to, I guess, when you haven't got a scheduled fight uh, coming up? Uh, not much changes. Just when – when a, obviously, when we've got a fight coming up in those last, you know, two, two and a half months, um, there's just – the only difference is there's no, there's no sessions that get missed. So, you know, if, if I'm outside of a training camp and I don't have a fight coming up, I can go away for a couple of days and go camping with the boys or I might just want to stay at home one night and, and, and relax with the family. Yep. Um, that doesn't happen during during fight camp. It's um, Especially, you know, I've got, I've got Daniel Kelly. Um, he's my head coach now and he's probably one of the toughest coaches that you, you could um, find. He's a, you know, ex, ex-judo Olympian, Australian Olympic judo coach. Um, so he knows what he's doing and he expects a lot from you. So there's no days off. Um, that's probably the only difference. I, I try and keep fit the whole whole year round and just keep the same training schedule so the body's used to it. Yeah, right. And is the UFC, like you have this next fight in February and you, your last fight wasn't that long ago down in Melbourne either. Is it something that they can just spring on, you know, a fight at any time or are they trying to give you a bit of notice, like six months, 12 months before, you know, you're due to fight again? Uh, they're pretty good. After my first fight, I was very surprised. I, considering how structured everything is and everything's clockwork, you have to be here at this time and you know they tell you when you're fighting and pretty much from when you land in fight week, they know what you're doing, where you are. You've always got someone watching you and as soon as the fight's done, they don't care where you go, what you do, pretty much. Yep. And um, they just said to me after the first fight, I was expecting them to say, you're fighting here and you're fighting this person, but they just said, if you want to fight, let us know. If you don't want to fight, you know, just contact us when you're ready. So I was really surprised at that, um, and that hasn't changed. Um, you know, they they might give you a give you an option of taking a short notice fight if they think that uh, you know, if if they have you in mind. 
Um, yeah. But apart from that, you, you pretty much dictate to them when you, you're ready to fight and even where and uh, even who. You know, if okay. you can tell them, I want to fight this person on this card on this date and the other person agrees, it makes the matchmaker's job easy. So they, they actually really like that. Um, if you sort of put yourself out there and, and call out some opponents. Yep. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the matchmaking and, and, and you know, the fight schedules, it's not, it's not as um, strict as you think it would be. Yeah, right. And just, it's something with the, like, considering, like, if your body is completely, you know, injury-free and your mindset's on point, what is the maximum number of fights that you would want to take per year to sort of, um, you know, maintain that, that level? Uh, the most I've had is four. Yep. And that's, that's pretty much 12-week training camp, you know, 10 or 12-week training camp, and then a week off back in a training camp and have another opponent. Um, that was a pretty full-on year. There was, no, there was no time for holidays or anything like that, um, which, is, which is important. But I think with having the baby now, obviously having family time and things are important. So I'll probably stick to three fights a year, which for a UFC fighter is probably, I think two is average. So three is, three, three is a good amount of fights to have. Um, very, very few fighters have ever had more than four or five fights in a year. Yeah, right. And what, what does the future look like? So we've got the New Zealand flight, uh, fight at the end of February. What what's after that? Have you got any you know plans or future fights that you you earmarking uh, post that fight? Um, not fights. I mean, I'll, my my you know, to me the next fight is my last fight, so I, I don't plan anything after that. But um, in terms of everything else, I've got a, I've just bought a five acre property, so we've got organised building a house on that, and that's settling soon. Um, with the fight coming up, got the baby's birthday. Got um, I'm also applying for the for the army reserves as well, which is something I've always always, always wanted to do. Okay, um, so I've got that coming up, and I'm probably going to be heading off to basic training for a month sometime next year as well. So it's going to be a jam packed year, and as well as all that, I want to fit in another two fights and hopefully have three fights next year as well. So next year is going to be real busy, um, but that's what we want. You know, I don't like sitting around doing nothing. I'd rather be be, be busy than have nothing to do. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Well, good luck at basic training. I've I've been through the whole army system and spent six yeah. years in there as well. So, mate, knowing your profile and, you know, how they try and act towards just, you know, the everyday person, let alone someone with an actual name for themselves in a UFC fighter, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that first week of your yeah, basic I can training. imagine. <laughs> yeah. going to so, have a target on my back for that one. Oh, mate, 100%. You're, just, you're not going to be able to be the grey man. Like, you just want to be that grey man when you're there. And unfortunately, you're just... Yeah, they're going to know all about you before you even rock up. So, yeah, no, good that's luck fine, with that one. <laughs> Thanks, man. mate. So, with the with the podcast, we usually ask the community. So, we've got a Facebook group on, um, yeah, with with about two and a half thousand dads around the world, and um, we always let them know what podcasts we've got coming up. And we've asked, um, said that we're interviewing you today, and we had two guys in there put a question forward that they'd love to get answered. So, we had Dan. He, he wants to know, what do you think sets you apart from others that are wanting to take your contract in the UFC? Uh, for me, it's, um, I believe it's my work ethic. I think it's very hard for anyone to work as hard as I do. Um, when I'm in full string of training camp, um, I just got, you know, I couldn't fit any, I couldn't fit another half hour of training in a day. Um, and every session, I don't, I don't do things half-assed, so every session for me is, is all in, or there's no point, in, in my mind, there's no point going to the session. So um, every session for me is vigorous, and, um, you know, I just, I just 
stay on top of my recovery and my food and make sure the body's all in check. But yeah, I think that's what sets me apart. I've been to America and I've seen these guys, you know, they say they do four, five, six sessions in a day and three of the sessions are, you know, you're not even breaking a sweat. You're just stretching with bands or going to the beach and that's considered a session. For me, yeah. if you're, you're in the gym, you're sweating hard, you're working, that's a session to me. Um, you know, I'll do two sessions a day and I might go and do a, you know, a two and a half K run. To me, the run's not a session. It's, it's a two and a half K run isn't hard enough for me to consider a session. So um, I just think, yeah, I just think my, my work ethic sets me apart. And um, and having since the, the, my daughter's come along as well, that's uh, just subconsciously something's happened and I'm able to push even harder again. So, um, yeah, so I'm definitely looking to take that into my future fights. Yeah, 100%, mate. That, that's amazing. And, yeah, I think that what you just said then, you definitely see that sort of, you know, show pony i guess of a lot of people over in the states of you know big note themselves and doing all this but when it you know gets down to the crunch of things you know like you said if you're not breaking a sweat and not even doing this but still talking it up then it definitely shows difference between you guys down there and you know what's actually happening overseas yeah 100 percent. yeah and mate jeff jeff asks how do you pick your walkout music and is it something that you keep you know for your whole career or is it something that changes you know fight on fight uh, I've always I've always changed my music every fight. Um, it's it's honestly just what I'm listening to at the time. Yeah. Uh, whatever you know. Would it, I probably from when I get my opponent to when I have my fight, the fight song probably changes about five or six times. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, because I'll, I'll I'll have a song that I like and I'll end up draining it too much and playing it too much in the car and I get sick of it, so I change it. But um, but for the last one, I walked out to um, Motorhead the game, and um. And that went off, you know, that was in Eddie Head Stadium and that went off and then Triple H himself, you know, shared it on, uh, on Twitter and because that's his walkout song and so I think I'm going to be stuck with that one now. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I got a, good, got a good reaction from it but I've always just picked songs that just, you know, it's always rock songs and it's always something that just, you know, something's high paced and gets, and gets you motivated. I, I don't know how those guys that walk out to, you know, slow love songs and things like that as a joke. Um, yep. I've got to have... The music pump and to, to get me going so um yeah but i think we'll be i think we'll be sticking with the game from now on though yeah right and is that something that obviously the song comes on when you're walking out does the crowd's reaction and you know the vibe that you're getting from the crowd getting into it does that give you that you know so much more you know motivation and inspiration when you're going in or are you just that laser focused you know from from the pre-fight and the routine that you're it doesn't really sort of matter yeah it's weird it's hard to explain what it's like walking out I don't see anyone's faces. I, don't, I wouldn't recognize my own mum if she was standing on the side and I was walking past her. Yep. I think I've high-fived my mum before and I didn't even realize it was her. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's faces are blank, you know. I, it's not so much the, the noise. It's, it's the, there's a big atmosphere when you go to a live events and yep. um, you, can just feel, you can just feel it in the air. It's just it's a weird, weird feeling, but that really gets you, gets you pumped up and you can almost hear, you know, when this whole stadium scream, especially the Australian fans, um, you have twenty thousand people, or the last fight, sixty thousand people yelling. You can just you can just feel it. It vibrates the whole stadium. So it's a, it's an insane feeling. And then, uh, and yeah, when I'm in the cage, it's, it's as if I can't see out. There's nothing beyond the cage. It's just darkness all around the cage, and it's just me and my opponent. And um, you know, I don't ever remember seeing seeing the the referee in there with us either. It's everything just gets shut off, and I can only hear my coach's voice, and it's really really weird. But um, I think that all comes from from the walkout song and, and being and being pumped up. I've had fights where I've walked out to, you know, not songs that didn't quite pump me up enough and, you know, I was high-fiving the crowd and I could see people I recognised 
you know, I'm in the crowd and I can see out through the cage and I can see into the crowd and see what people are doing. And uh, those are the fights that are lost. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I, I know when I'm switched on and when I'm not because everything just gets completely shut off and I can only see my opponent. Yeah, and can, when you compare those two fights, the one where you switch on and not seeing anyone and the ones where you're noticing the crowd and you feel switched off, have you noticed anything in your, I guess, your routine or you know the pre- preparation before the fight that has has made that you know happen, or is it sort of just? I can't. I, I don't even know what it is. I think um, I know one of them was definitely just getting caught up in the media. Um, it was my first time on a main card, and I had a I had a Fox Sports film crew following me around doing a three part documentary on me and. You know, before the fight, I was already talking about what I'm going to spend my win bonus on and I'm going to buy this and that. And yeah, um, that was just, just getting a big head. Um, and yeah, just end up losing that fight. And I was playing around in there and clapping my hands along with the crowd and just being, a, just being an absolute goose. And uh, that was one of them. And the other, you know, the other couple were, I think, I'd say, I'm not going to you know, whine about it, but it would probably be the weight cut. Um, and you, you just know that you're not, you're, not, you're barely even 50%, let alone 100% um, after some of those weight cuts I had. Uh, I mean, one of those weight cuts, I, I was in the elevator and had a seizure, <clears throat> went to convulsions, and still had to go in and fight. Um, yeah, and then, so obviously, cutting the, cutting the lightweight wasn't wasn't the right thing to be doing. So we've gone up to lightweight now, and it's, it's much better now. But, um, but yeah, obviously, just knowing, you know, I've always known my preparation's right, but I think it's just, yeah, just those two things, getting a big head and, and just having bad weight cuts and knowing that I'm going to be struggling. Yeah, right. I, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah, definitely something I think a lot of people... Yeah, it's, pretty, it's you know, pretty, pretty brutal, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mate, and what advice would you have for fathers out there or, you know, fathers in general about achieving success with, you know, their own health and fitness, you know, fatherhood or whether that be, you know, in their sporting endeavours or business endeavours? So if I was to if I was to um, direct this at, at, at fathers and you know, I would say I know there's a lot of people. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I know there's a lot of people that, that use their kids as, as an excuse why they can't either get to the gym or why they can't pursue what they want to pursue. Yep. Um, from from where I am now, I having a kid hasn't changed any of that. I'm still doing you know, everything I was doing beforehand, I still spend, you know, massive amounts of time with my daughter. Um, never neglect her or anything like that. Um, you know, I take her along to the training sessions. I know not everyone can do that, but I, I use her as, as motivation to get the things done rather than as an excuse to not do them. Um, so if you can, you know, and I think maybe involving, involving your kids as well. Like I said, you know, I'll have her, she'll be there at sparring, watching me spar. You know, I'll put on a mat afterwards and she'd run around. I'll have a rest with her as well. And I think that, you know, having her there, having her watch motivates me a bit more. Um, like I said, not everyone is able to do that and take their kid to their place of work or take them to where they train. But if you can find out a way, find a way to sort of you know, include your kids in what you're doing and I think that will help in the motivation as well and, uh, and I'll probably make you love it a bit more as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I think what you just said then is yeah, something we try and preach all the time. It's, you know, kids are a massive habit of, you know, the environment that they're in. Um, and... You know, with your daughter always being at training and obviously she's going to get, you know, get involved to some degree, is it something the UFC or, you know, mixed martial arts in general, you'd love to see your daughter follow in your footsteps and, you know, take that career path if, if that's what she chose to do later in life? Um, prob- probably not MMA. 
yep. I'll probably try and, you know, if she wants to do jiu-jitsu and, and just train and train MMA, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'd love to be able to do that. If she wants to compete in jiu-jitsu, I would. But, you know, I'm, the whole reason why I'm fighting and getting punched in the head every day and getting punched in the head in the cage is, is so that she won't have to do that when she's older. Yep. Um, that's something I've always said. You know, I'm, I'm going to struggle. You know, I went from the time I was 16, I started fighting. And I never, you know, I never really went out with my friends. I didn't really have much of a schoolies or anything like that. I didn't go out drinking and, and doing all that stuff. Um, and my idea was, you know, I can enjoy those, you know, two or three years from 18 to 21 before I have to start working yep. and then have to, you know, struggle the rest of my life or I can put the hard work in, you know, from 18 to my mid-20s and then I can enjoy the rest of my life and also have like, a better life for my kids as well. So that was my mindset. Um, to why I really wanted to push hard into the UFC and why I still am now. Yeah, perfect, mate. Well, I think you've yeah, definitely got the right direction and the head screwed on right there because, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, what you just said, the sacrificing that little bit and, you know, now being able to, you know, enjoy, you know, the career that you've built for yourself from now and into the future is definitely going to pay dividends for your daughter and, you know, future kids as well. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. And, mate, Look at winding things up. Where where can people um, find you on Instagram or on your website, social media, um, and how can they uh, get to watch the fight in New Zealand um, come February? Uh, so the fight will be on either Fight Pass or it's a it's a fight night. So it'll be on free to air in New Zealand. But the best bet is to go on Fight Pass and watch it. And uh, and my handle across all social media is Jake Matthews UFC. Um, so nice and easy to follow there. And, you know, we're, we're always, you know, my social media is not, not so much about fighting. As you probably see, it's more about family and what we're doing outside of fighting and, and probably too many photos of my daughter. But um, if you don't like it, unfollow me. <laughs> yeah, perfect, mate. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to all those uh, different um, social media handles in the description. So anyone that's listening, make sure you go give Jake a follow and, um, yeah, wish him all the best for his fight in New Zealand. Make sure you, you know, watch it and, um, yeah, cheer him on. So, mate, thanks a lot for joining the podcast. It's been a pleasure to speak to you and um, you go enjoy your New Year's and your daughter's birthday this weekend. Yeah, you too, mate. Have a good New Year's. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate.